God told him to make trumpets. Now, this is absolutely fascinating because what do you mean trumpets? He wants sound to be propagated throughout the camp of Israel. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembert. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery. We are discovering Numbers 28, 29, 30, and 31 today as we read through God's Word. In about five minutes, we'll talk about it. But the building of trumpets, the creating of those trumpets was absolutely fascinating. Corey is here. Well, actually, today and tomorrow, I'm going to be focusing in on Balaam, right? Well, today we read about the destruction of the Midianites in Numbers 31, but how could they have been destroyed when they show up again in Judges chapter 6? All of this is coming your way in the next half hour. They're coming up in about 20 minutes time. 25 minutes, Janice is coming up. To remember God is what my segment is today. All right, very good. So let's open up our Bibles and let's discover what God is saying to us. Numbers 29, 1 through 12. And in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. For you it is a day of blowing the trumpets. You shall offer a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to the Lord, one young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year without blemish. Their grain offering shall be fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to make atonement for you. Besides the burnt offering with its grain offering for the new moon, the regular burnt offering with its grain offering, and their drink offerings, according to their ordinance, as a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the tenth day of this seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall afflict your souls. You shall not do any work." You shall present a burnt offering to the Lord as a sweet aroma, one young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year. Be sure they are without blemish. Their grain offering shall be of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the one ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, besides the sin offering for atonement, the regular burnt offering with its grain offering, and their drink offerings. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work, and you shall keep a feast to the Lord seven days. Numbers chapter 29, verses 1 through 12. Numbers 28, Numbers 29, Numbers 30 and 31. That's what we read today. You know, offerings given to God every seventh month were a big part of Jewish culture. The Day of Atonement, for example, the Feast of Tabernacles, offerings were, were made on the 10th and the 15th day in the seventh month. This is important. 
Now, the Jewish New Year was at the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets, which was held on the seventh month also. The way that they would announce the arrival of the new year was by blowing the trumpets or the shofars, which was accompanied with offerings given to God. Now, what's most interesting is that sacred offerings were related to sacred times. Time and seasons are measured by numbers and unify our ways on the earth. So God places ways for his people to mark their space in time through events dedicated to God. And many of these events are annual events or they, they're celebrated every single year. Now, take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage. This is very, very important. If you don't have a Bible guide, why not? Write to us or call us and or go to Bible Discovery TV and click on the page. It'll take you to a donate page. And let me say thank you so much for your donations. They're very important today, and we really appreciate them. So they keep us going. And then it'll take you to a page where you can download the file exactly how they're printed, uh, and you can be a part of what's going on. Now, as we look at this, we're talking about the seventh month. And a lot of people ask questions about the Jewish celebrations. They're brought in play by God's miracle provisions. In the book of Numbers, we read about it and we understand it from the Bible. If we learn the Bible, then we learn about the provisions of God. And so in the seventh month, we pray, Father, help us to understand. Help us to get this and understand this because this is important. We need to realize that although we don't celebrate this as people who are non-Jewish, that we understand Jesus Christ fulfilled them for us. And we need to know what he's done for us. We're still going to praise you no matter. But Lord, we just would help us to know that so we can celebrate better. In Jesus' wonderful name, and we said together, amen. Now, reading the Bible... On my iPad, this is important, and reading the Bible is critical every day. So we start by reading Numbers 29, and verse 1 is very interesting. Watch what it says. And in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation, a holy setting apart. You shall do no customary work. Did you get that? You shall do no customary work. For you, it is a day of blowing the trumpets. You shall offer a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to the Lord. One young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year without blemish. Their grain offering shall be fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, and two-tenths for the ram and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to make atonement for you. Besides the burnt offerings with its grain offering for the new moon, the regular burnt offerings with its grain offering and their drink offerings according to their ordinances as a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. The collective offerings were presented to God on the day of blowing trumpets. Now, keep in mind, we should build our life around the order of God's direction and not our own decisions. 
I don't know if you got that, but let's pay attention to it. We need to build our life, not around what we do, not around our birthdays, not around, I mean, that's fine to do that, but we need to understand that God, Jesus Christ has done these things. And there are times in the year, two times for Gentiles, that we celebrate the Lord, Easter and Christmas. Now, those aren't necessarily the right times, but it gives us a moment to highlight the Lord and to build our lives in a way that brings to Him the glory due. Now, we also do that one day in seven, and that's called Shabbat. And my suggestion, my actually, I, I would say that the Lord says you don't work seven days straight, but what you do is rest on the seventh day. That's what you do. You don't work all the time. And when you rest, you focus on God. Take it easy. Relax, enjoy yourself and focus on the Lord. You can rest because the Lord Jesus Christ did the work for you. And you recognize that and you give the Lord honor for that. Now let's go on in Numbers chapter 29, verse 7. It says, on the 10th day of this seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation, a holy setting apart. You shall afflict your souls. You shall not do any work. Notice that. You shall afflict your souls. You shall not do any work. You shall present a burnt offering to the Lord as a sweet aroma. One young bull, one ram, and seven lambs in their first year. Be sure they are without blemish. Their grain offering shall be a fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, and two-tenths of one for one ram and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also, one kid goat, or one kid of the goat, as a sin offering besides the sin offering for atonement, the regular burnt offerings with its grain offering and their drink offerings. Now, offerings on the day of atonement, the day of making yourself right, were given yearly on the tenth day of the seventh month. Remember, God has made atonement for our sins once and for all through Jesus Christ. Beloved, that's what we celebrate. We say Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what we mean. Very, very important. So let's keep that in mind. Now, quickly, let's go back to the last scripture because this is really important. On the 15th day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation, a holy setting apart. You shall do no customary work and you shall keep a feast to the Lord seven days. What does this mean? The 15th day of the seventh month was the feast of tabernacles or booths. This annual feast was celebrated for seven days as the Hebrews remembered their exit from Egypt. See, God wants us to remember his faithfulness. He wants us to know and understand who he is. So God's not doing this to make our life hard, but he just wants us to understand. And Jesus Christ was fully Jewish. Now, I'm not suggesting we have to celebrate the Jewish festivals, but we should know that the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. Praise God. I am saved because of the work of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, which he didn't deserve, but he took it for our sins and his resurrection from the dead because he was fully man and fully God. And he gave us the gift of eternal life. That is the message of the gospel or the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Let's remember that today, beloved. We must do so. Today, you and I are going to be talking about Balaam, this famous diviner prophet. Uh, now, the main account of Balaam in the Bible is recorded in Numbers 22 to 24, but then his alternate curse Israel plan and his death are recorded in Numbers 31 during Israel's war with Midian. Now, throughout the Bible, Balaam's life and death are used as an example of God's faithfulness to Israel and also as a cautionary tale. But when we read Balaam's story today, it's easy to get confused. There are a few puzzling elements of the account. Consider these questions. Why would Balak send for Balaam in the first place? Surely the Moabites and Midianites had their own diviners and prophets. So why send for Balaam who lived far away? Also, why would the angel of the Lord seek to kill Balaam after God had just given him permission to go back with the king's delegation? And what's the point of the donkey speaking to Balaam at all? Why would God not just allow Balaam to see the angel of the Lord in the first place? Now, there are different ideas about the answers to these questions, but let's, let's explore some of them. So in terms of why Balak would send for Balaam in the first place, there's some really cool research by Victor Horowitz that was published in the 90s, having to do with the Hebrew phrase that's often translated into English, fee for divination. As in, on their way to meet with Balaam, the king's delegation took with them the fee for divination. Apparently, this phrase is a bit of a tricky one. It is literally translated not taking with them the fee for divination, but taking divination in their hands. Hurwitz compares this to ancient divination literature coming out of Mari. Turns out, there was a practice of diviners creating clay models of their sacrificed animal entrails that they were using for divination. Similar to the liver models that seem to have been used for teaching divination in Babylon and other cultures, but these models were sacrifice specific and were used like a photograph, preserving the omens so that other diviners could check the results. They could offer a second opinion or it could be sent to a more senior diviner or prophet. So then if this is what the delegation carried to Balaam, literally a divination in their hands, this would represent Balak wanting a second or more experienced opinion from Balaam, a kind of, here's a situation, can you come fix it for me? I need these people cursed. Now, moving on to why the angel of the Lord would attack Balaam after giving him permission to go, there's a few theories. There's a, a a few biblical cases that are actually similar to this. Remember Jacob being attacked by the mysterious man on the eve of his re-entry into the promised land? Or what about Moses being attacked by God on his way back to Egypt? In both of these cases, the people are prompted to go on their journey, are attacked, and then there's a change in the person being attacked. Jacob's character is drawn out of him and his name is changed to Israel. Character change. 
With Moses, there's probably a few things going on, but for sure there is a status change. His son is now circumcised, a requirement to be counted among the Israelites. So we have a character change and a status change. For Balaam being attacked then, perhaps God was giving him the opportunity to change. God knew that the intention of Balaam's heart was to curse Israel. Even though he may not have been able to formally do it, we're told in Numbers 31 that Balaam later advised Balak on how to get the Israelites to break their covenant with God, leaving them vulnerable to attack, a curse of a different, more insidious sort. This opportunity for change that God gives Balaam is obviously mediated by his donkey, but why? A few thoughts here. It's possible that God was using the relationship between Balaam and his donkey to represent the relationship between Balaam and Israel. Here's what I mean. Just as the donkey was following God's direction by leaving the path, so Israel was following God's direction through the land of Moab. And as God miraculously allowed the donkey to speak, so he was working miracles in Israel. As Balaam beat his donkey three times and wanted to kill it with the sword, so Balaam would attempt to curse Israel three times and ultimately teach the Moabites how to get Israel killed. Though in a gruesome twist, it would be Balaam himself who would be killed with an Israelite sword. I think that the text of Numbers shows us how God gave Balaam a chance to change. God was going to bless Israel regardless. Would Balaam get on board? Unfortunately, Balaam did not change. By his third blessing of Israel, Balaam is overcome and prophesies about Israel's future. Because of the hardness of his own heart, his refusal to change, Balaam has become like his donkey, an animal used as a mouthpiece. And God's promise to Abraham has been realized, those who curse Israel will be cursed. Now, this mm -hmm. is really something because when you begin to understand that Balaam was killed by the Israelite sword, mm -hmm. uh, you understand that God does this with all of us. He, we, All of us are confronted by the reality of Jesus Christ. And the question is, will we take him and let him change us? Yeah. Or will we just not take him? Yeah. How are we going to respond to the communication of God? And that answers the question, how can God do his will? even when people don't follow him. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. There's a whole discussion here. Seminary time. Anyway, <laughs> very good. Okay, Ryan, go ahead. All right, well, today to go along with our reading, I'd like to talk about chapter 31, which records the Israeli-Midianite war in which Israel was victorious and killed all of their men. And some people get confused because while we read about their destruction in today's passage, they show up again later in Judges 6. As a matter of fact, God uses the Midianites as his tool to punish the Israelites for seven years because of their disobedience to him. So how could the Midianites be around if Israel had destroyed them many years earlier? Well, let's see if we can figure this out. Does the Bible contain errors and inconsistencies? Despite the fact that no such mistake has ever yet been proved to the satisfaction of a court of law, critics still insist that it is an error. For example, one common objection against the biblical record concerns the Midianites. That's because Numbers chapter 31 records the Israelites' victory and destruction of every male in the battle against Midian. But then later in Judges 6, they show up again, and this time as the victors. Indeed, because of Israel's willful rebellion against God, he delivered them into the Midianites' hands for seven years. So if the Midianites were destroyed many years earlier in Numbers chapter 31, then how can they be present in the time of the judges? As is so often the case, the answer to this apparent contradiction 
lies within the details and overall context of the passage. Pay close attention to the statement the Bible makes. Verses 7-8 through eight read, And the Israelites warred against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses, and they killed all the males. Also they killed the kings of Midian with the rest of those who were killed. When read in context with all details considered, it soon becomes quite obvious that in the battle Moses led against Midian, the Israelites killed every male Midianite that was present in the battle. Of course, this did not include the males who were not present in the battle. This is obvious from verse 8, which adds that the kings were also slain, an unnecessary addendum if Moses had intended to indicate in verse 7 that all males in Midian, even those who did not go to battle, were killed. Obviously, those who fled before the battle took place were not around to be killed. The events of Judges 6, 1-5 through 5, took place many years later, at which point Midian had been repopulated. Thus, there is no error, nor any contradiction. So, understanding the context and paying attention to the details is very important when reading the Bible. And consider that just as with the Midianites, we find the same solution with the Amalekites. See, both the Midianites and the Amalekites had earlier opposed Israel and had been defeated. By this time, though, both again had become strong enemies of Israel, and God allowed them to subjugate his people because of their disobedience. That's very interesting. Uh, here again, uh, another discussion uh, in following God. You know, how can we best follow God? And if we don't, how does God still use us to accomplish his will? Mm -hmm. Very, I, this is really interesting. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, Jan. Well, and today, talking about to remember God, you know, we're looking at the offering of the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Festival of Booths or Tabernacles. And this was done, let's go back in Leviticus 23, 39 through 43, the Israelites were instructed to erect huts in future generations as a reminder of God's protection and provision in the wilderness. So, Huts and tents are constructed in imitation of the dwellings of the early Israelites during the wilderness period when God provided what was needed for protection. So like we, shouldn't we, as followers of Jesus Christ, always be remembering God? When He, when we committed our lives to follow God and committed our lives to follow God and to learn and seek Him the way that He has been faithful to us, is something that we need to remember to do, shouldn't we? And one of my favorite verses of all is in Lamentations, a funeral dirge written by the prophet Jeremiah, who had seen so much and had given of himself so much. And yet, in the violence of it all, in the pain of it all, he could say this about God. Lamentations 3, 22 through 26. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's good for us. It's good for us to remember. There's an old song, count your blessings, name them one by one. 
you know, if I were to do that, if I were to count my blessings, I, I don't think that I could. I don't think that I could count my blessings of God's goodness and of God's faithfulness. And you may be going through a very difficult time in your life right now. Think on the good things. Think on those things that are praiseworthy. How God has forgiven you. How God has redeemed you. How God no longer sees the sin in your life, but sees the blood of His precious Son that covers that. That has given you the gift of salvation and the gift of eternal life. That when our life on earth here ends, we step from this life into life with God forever. Those right there are immeasurable, indescribable blessings. So let's together as God's people remember every day the faithfulness of God in our lives moving forward. Those are our blessings. You know, one of the things that's difficult is when we go through difficult times or hard or difficult Mm -hmm. uh, circumstances. You know, you, you say count your blessings and you're like, what do you mean count your blessings? What do you mean count your blessings? I'm so many bad things are happening to me. But actually, every bad thing that happens in our life is nothing compared to the glorious eternity mm-hmm. in the life with Jesus Christ that he has provided for us. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross. He paid the cost of sin, which all of us owe. And none of us are able to pay, but he paid it. And we accepted him as Lord of our life. And when we did that, suddenly things changed. And the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God comes down and enters us. And even if we're not well or whatever, God's Holy Spirit has a way. Because he said, I will be with you even until the end of the age. Now, God, he, he doesn't change. His covenant has not changed. So God's covenant remains the same. And he promised us that if we follow him, if we give our hearts to him, that he will be with us until the end of the age if we just learn how to trust in what God has said. And that's in the New Testament. We'll get there later in the year. But we need to remember that, beloved. That's so, so important. Let's remember that. No, dear one. Absolutely. God loves you. Absolutely. Pastor Rod Hembry, that's what you look up when you go on YouTube. And uh, when you do that, if you go there, I have a brand new program called Beyond the Call. Testimonies, and I want to encourage you with them. Uh, They are there so that people can see God changes things. And that's very important. Today, let's pray. Lord, I lift up my voice and I praise your name for atoning for all of my sins. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen.